More, 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 ha, 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 from Less. Welcome there, mortals, to another book review. And indeed, I have the book for you, More From Less by Andrew McAfee. Now, what is this book about and why did I want to read it? Well, I'd heard it was a very solid book from a bunch of different places. And I was also wanted to dive more into the aspect of how we actually go in resource-wise, sustainability, things like that. And this book kept popping up. So I said, all right, I'm going to read it. Now, this book was published in 2019 and it's very similar to Enlightenment Now, if you've heard of that or if you have read that book, uh, but with a little bit of a different spin and different emphasis. So this one is essentially about how technology is changing the world and what what it is that's how it's changing it and why this is actually good. So it's definitely an optimistic outlook uh, as the data shows not only that we are growing more prosperous and this is the entire world but obviously at a much faster right, uh, rate in the western world but we're also using less resources so Andrew believes this is due to what he calls the four horsemen of the optimist and this is technology and capitalism so these sort of two as a duo but then also supported by good governance and public awareness now, what are the themes of the book? Well, dematerialization, so regressing from peak stuff. So in the book, he's got a lot of graphs showing, and this is particularly just of the US, of, of how the consumption of metals, for example, so you know the basic ones, copper, steel, iron, yada, 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 uh, agricultural inputs, so this would be things like the seed, the amount of fertilizer, water, um, the, the farmland, uh, as well as sort of the construction industry, the inputs for, for wood, cement, gravel, paper, all those sorts of things, all decline while GDP has actually risen. And so this is particularly in the past, it, roughly it, it depends on which input it is, but sometime in the last 30 years, we've actually reached, reached peak stuff. And most of this, I think, was around, he was saying, the sort of 2010, 2012 period. We've actually reached peak stuff and so even though we are consuming still a lot, it's actually a lot less than it was in terms of a, a big number. Now, when I say we, he's referring to the US here and I'm, I'm sort of extrapolating to other Western countries from that. So he talks about, all about this and then I guess he, he makes a very strong argument why countries with capitalism are actually better and why they are regressing from this at a quicker rate and and why in in essence you'll see in some other countries particularly developing countries they they're going to be able they 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 have to use more resources and they're going to do it in a in a non-sustainable in a more um, effective like it as in it's actually affecting the environment sort of way pollution waste those sorts of things so he makes a very strong argument for that and it, it does make a lot of sense and you say, okay, capitalism does sort of have this little tinge to it, like this bad taste in the mouth, but he makes a very strong argument for why this is actually the best way of doing things and why, um, you know, the more socialists and socialism and things like that, they, they actually aren't that great and that the free market is one of the best markets that the best market, the best way we have found of, of ordering the world and, and creating prosperity in the world uh, at, at the moment. So another, you know, related to this is chasing profits can equal more stuff and it can equal less stuff as well. So 
if you think about, you know, the money grubbing CEO or the the company, the rampant company that just wants to growth, 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 they want growth of profits, not necessarily of stuff. And there is a balance between them. So obviously you will want an Apple, a Sony, uh, whatever it is to sell more things because then they can have more profit coming in. But the other side of that equation is if they can use less stuff, less materials, they'll still get more profits. So there is a both a constant desire to expand and use more stuff and then also a constant desire to use less stuff because then you they still both have the same end of, of making profit. So it's not only a negative and I, I think that's a real good point to make that just because you are doing something for for money's sake, for money, money, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And this can actually produce some good in the world by reducing waste. And that's what a lot of companies are actually trying to do. And whether the balance is more about creating more stuff to then sell it or whether the balance is we've already sold enough stuff, let's try and you know, sell the same amount, but use less input. So, you know, make the the cans thinner or make use less materials and this sort of thing through efficiencies and productivity and, and coming up with inventions and innovation and technology, you can do that. The other side, and this theme is, uh, I guess, something that more I gained from the book, but it's not necessarily a theme of the book, which is counterintuitive findings and nuanced reasoning. So, there were so many times in the book where I just thought, man, that can't be right. That that doesn't sound correct. But he then goes on to explain with the data, this is the reason why. And if you look just a bit beneath the surface, you'll see the underlying reasonings as well. So some examples for this. Concentration can actually equal disconnectedness. So if you think of, you would think that if more stuff is getting together, essentially humans, if we're more moving to the city more, if we have more abilities with technology to connect with each other, you would think, okay, that's going to increase the, the connectedness. But he shows, no, there's actually more disconnectedness now because the once you move away from those sort of tight-knit groups, once you move away from potentially a, a company that you work for for 10 years rather than one where it's sort of you're rotating six months here, six months there. He's got, just got a lot of examples where it shows, okay, no, the, just because we are concentrating things more, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better. And this is talking just in the human sense of, of connecting with me versus uh, connecting with another human. Another one is some of the, the crib strategies were actually bad or neutral. So crib was, stands for consuming, recycling, imposing limits, and back to the land. And this was created during the around the first Earth Day, which I believe was 1970. And it was it was talking about environments, like how are we going to protect the environment? So consuming less is one. So don't consume things. Recycling more. So putting more recycling in. Imposing limits. So this is referring mostly to population and whatnot. And then going back to the land. And he actually shows that a lot of these strategies weren't very helpful. And the things that uh, are doing better for the environment are the counterintuitive things of letting companies be more aggressive in their growth, using more technology more versus some of these things, which are more trying to dampen stuff down. So we were saying recycling could actually have a, a weird negative thing because recycling makes that, that ton of ore cheaper whereas getting it from the ground costs more. So if it 
if you took away the option for it to be slightly cheaper through recycling, you, there would actually be a more of a drive to either re, reduce um, the amount of ore that's in the ground or find more efficient ways of getting it out so you're not actually destroying the land and whatnot. Same with uh, going back to the land, you'd think, oh, you know, it's sort of got this natural green feel, but people who go back to the land and who use, you know, more, uh, I'm not going to say sustainable, but who use sort of like less efficient means of, of getting the, the crops from the ground from using the science and data and all that sort of stuff, they actually have to use more water to grow the same amount of vegetables. They actually have to use more land. They actually have to use more feed to, uh, to feed the cows and the chickens and stuff like that. So it's not, and more fertilizer and all these sorts of things. So having large scale, big farms actually is a good thing overall because they're, it's more efficient. So it's, it's this weird dichotomy where you think you're doing better by going back to the land, but in essence, you're actually using up more resources to produce the same amount of goods. Some of the other stuff as well as uh, social does not equal socialism. So he had a, a bit of a talk about how um, being a having democratic socialism or a social democracy are actually quite different things. And uh, I never actually appreciated the difference between the two. I sort of just conflated them. But no, he actually talks about, no, there's actually, when things drift into socialism, that's when stuff tends to go bad, but you can have social democracies, which are just maybe have, they're still a democracy, but they have a slight more emphasis on creating more programs to um, like welfare system and stuff like that. So there is a difference between those two. He also talks about uh, how not everything is rosy. And so this is another I guess like the nuance reasoning where he says there's still work to be done, but it must be done with thoughtfulness. You can't, he, this, this is one of those books that sort of makes you come out feeling like, yeah, okay, we've done, we've done well. Humanity is not a piece of crap. We're not actually worse off now than we were a hundred years ago, but there's always work to be done. There's always more injustices to be righted. There's always more, um, efficiencies to be gained and better things to be done so that we're not using as much plastic so that we're not you know using as much water and all these sorts of things and releasing toxic chemicals into the environment and polluting and and all those sorts of bad things so my personal observations uh, it surprised me uh, that we are past peak stuff i i would have absolutely bet money on that no we're probably using more stuff now than we did say 10 years ago and that's not what the data shows. And um, now this is in a global sense, we probably are using more, more stuff, but he just highlights that trend as, as countries become more, more and more developed as they have more resources to actually care about the environment. They do care about it. It's not like, you know, the, the Chinese person who's living in, in Beijing with all the smog and stuff. It's not that they don't care about that. Obviously, they'd, they'd rather not have the smog. But when it's the choice between going without food and then slightly reducing the amount of smog in the, in the air or having food to feed for your family, that's a no-brainer. You're going to choose the food. So it just talks about how, yes, as countries become more developed, they do have a, more of a capacity to care for the environment. And it's not like humans don't care about it it's just a trade-off you know what's what's more important being able to live another day or the environment obviously we're going to choose living another day 
I think some people as well just like worrying. It, uh, there was a, many moments in the books, particularly where he's talking about the real concern in the 1970s of the population bomb. There's going to be mass starvation within 10 years because humans are populating too much. We can't feed everyone. And that's just been proven to absolutely not not have happened. And, you know, I have a bit of sympathy for those people because they were looking at the trends of population and saying, like, there's no how we're going to feed this. But just not appreciating that technology, innovation, and humans have a a balance as well. It's not like we just are populating rampantly and we only care about infinite growth. No, I think we all appreciate once you use up a resource, it's it's gone. Once I eat all the cake in the fridge, it's gone. Like it's not like it just reappears there. So we do have that capacity as humans, not only as an individual, but on on a, a large sort of networking scale to to appreciate that. And we have taken steps to to reduce that, which does give you you know hope for humanity as well. Pop, uh, the pollution and things like that. We all appreciate that, and there are steps being taken to 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 make to lessen that. So that's uh you know it's good to know. And if you hear someone really talking about something, if they're really getting into it, doom and gloom, just you know just acknowledge there's some pessimists out there. And if you're an optimist, you're probably going to disagree with them. And and that's that's fine as well. Like I don't don't have any gripe either way about it. It's uh yeah just be just be wary of that. Just be wary of that. The other one and final observation for me was. I already sort of referenced it to Enlightenment Now by Steven Pinker, which is a book which does a very similar thing. It shows his book is more about the data and I would compare it to a, a bludgeoning in essence, like it's a hammer. The book is actually so yay big, so it probably can be used as a bludgeon, as a tool of 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 of, uh, of enlightenment. Whereas this one is more, I would compare it to a, like a aristocratic French slap with a glove. You fool! Uh, it's this one is it's sort of like a refreshing wake up, and it it makes you just appreciate how far we have come as as humans. And if anyone says we're worse off now than we were fifty years ago as a whole, and you know probably even as an individual, you can say, "Nah, mate, that's that's just dead wrong," and you need to educate yourself on that. So, in summary, uh, I was constantly des- delighted by his findings, even though I was already aware of most of them, having already read Stephen Pinker's book. Uh, I-, I feel he's realistically optimist, um, and it makes you want to play in the game of life. So, it does make you want to say, life is worth living, we're doing better, and we can continue to to do better as long as we put our minds to it and, and actually have a solid crack at it. So, I'm giving this book more from less by Andrew McAfee, a seven and a half out of 10. Very solid. What's a, another recommendation? Well, if it makes you want to play in the, the game of life, how do you actually play that? And so I think this is really good to read in conjunction with this book here, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, because this one talks a little bit about the capitalism and why profit-seeking can actually be bad and how you should go about it in a better way. So if this book is more from less is the why, the infinite game sort of the how, how do you actually go about that? I think both authors have a, you know, they, they just have a very different emphasis on, on what they wanted to sh- showcase in their book. Whereas I think if they both got together, they'd both probably agree on a lot of things, even though these books do seem to 
contradict each other. And this is what I love being able to live in paradox and say, you know, capitalism is also really good, is good and it's best the best thing for the world, but you have to be careful for it because it can produce bad things such as the externalities, such as the pollution and whatnot. So uh, that's my recommendation from, from this book. What's something pragmatic I'm going to take? Well, I want to decrease my consumption as much as possible and in particular, I'm going to focus on sort of the meat and dairy. I recently had uh, tried the vegan diet for a month and I found it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Um, I didn't particularly do it for health reasons, more just for the the, the testing of it. And uh, it did make me appreciate that, okay, you know what, there are choices I can make though to to reduce my personal consumption, which won't really affect my health too much. And, you know, it's also probably not going to affect the uh, the world on a large scale, me eating a little bit less meat or a little bit less um, dairy, but I think it does can make a difference. So uh, I'm, I'm going to make a, a sustained effort to to really try and reduce that by I don't know 25, 50 percent, something like that. Just just make uh, those small changes that I can make and that aren't too hard. Um, make them and make sure I implement them. So, what do you think of the book? More from less. Do you think we are using less stuff now than we were, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Do you think capitalism is bad or is good? Plenty of questions to to, to ask. And uh, if you ever want to contact us, you can do it through the Instagram. You can do it through the uh, YouTube channel if you're on there or if you're on the audios. Actually, if you could leave me a, um, a nice review, that would be awesome. Uh, in Apple Podcasts or what's it called? Um, yeah, Apple, Apple iTunes, that area. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, other than that, Chiron out.